and we are Paranormal Chicks. And Carrie has really no voice. She had to, like, give herself a pep talk, lots of water, just for that little sound bite. So you can probably hear her heavy breathing during this episode. (laughs) (laughs) She has the flu. So there's that. I did not give it to her. Did not give it to her. She better not give it back to me, though. I've Lysoled everything. (laughs) You sound terrible. (laughs) You sound terrible. (laughs) And because I'm not normally the one to do this, I already fucked it up. (laughs) It is episode 49. Okay, yay. (laughs) (laughs) And like Carrie did for Typhoid Mary when I sounded like crap... Not quite as bad as Carrie. Uh, I'm going to tell a story and so she can just sit back and, you know, like head nod along with it. <laughs> Do some like raspy uh, laughs, you know, whatever. <laughs> Spread her germs, you know, the like. Um, <laughs> before we start, I have a little bit of information to share. We have some new Patreoners. Woohoo! Oh, God. The peanut gallery over there. So, shout out to Jessica L. from Las Vegas, Nevada. Jenny E. She didn't give an address, but she said she's Marie Kondo in her life right now. So, she was like, I don't need the card right now, but later on, I'll, like, do it. She was like, just right now, can't can't have anything. And I was like, totally understand. Mm -hmm. Marie Kondo, understand julia q from mount jackson virginia and suzanne l from stafford virginia hey y'all could be neighbors actually i have no idea how far that is it could be on the other side of the state and speaking of patreon we are super close to hitting our second freaking goal so super fucking excited and we really want to reach it like next month Not to put pressure, but, you know, like we do, because we have, like, sat down, talked about it over dinner, of course, and we want to do three more episodes extra for the Patreon Creepinati group, and I know one of them we're thinking about calling Milk Carton Minisode, and it's going to be about missing people and all of that so that should be interesting and love that looking forward to it but we have to get those edited and everything so we need your help to do this so there's that also our facebook group we're over 400 (laughs) oh my god you're i don't even know if they can hear you (laughs) but creep mom Teresa. She put out that if we hit 500 by St. Patrick's Day, she would do, like, whoever commented on a pinned post that she put in the group, they would have a chance to win a $25 gift card to our merch store. So, I mean, hello, free money. So, if you like us, you're listening and you like us, you really like us, Join our group. It's it's free. And you just say, hey, I joined. And you'll be entered to win this 
thing. And then if you get other people to join, you get even more entries. One more thing, and then I swear I'm going to get to my story. You know, this is hard work. Thank God I usually have a co-host. <laughs> All right. Reviews. If you haven't reviewed, what are you waiting on? No, really, what are you waiting on? No, seriously, thank you, thank you, thank you for y'all who have reviewed us. But that helps get the word out and helps iTunes and, well, whatever it's called now, Apple Podcast. It helps them to be like, oh, should we rank them? Which they haven't yet. But that's why I'm saying, can you please review us? And if you have reviewed us and it's not five star, if you think that we have improved on whatever critique or whatever, you can go and revise that actually. And I mean, that would mean a lot to us. So thank you. And now on to the show. All right. So for this episode, I am going to cover one of the biggest, most well-known supernatural stories in American history. Dun, dun, dun. If you couldn't hear her, she said, dun, dun, dun. The Bell Witch. <gasps> Do you know what this is? Okay. <laughs> she nodded. <laughs> you couldn't hear her if she said yes. All right. So picture it. Early 1800s, John Bell, he did not invent the telephone though, y'all. He moved his family, which at the time was his wife and three kids, from North Carolina to the Red River community in Robertson County, Tennessee, which it later became Adams, Tennessee. But, I mean, neither here nor there. But if you want to visit or something, it's Adams. He purchased some land and a house for his family because, you know, shelter. And he just kept purchasing some land. Over the next several years, he kept purchasing more land and more land. And so he acquired in total 328 acres, which I mean, could you just do like 330? I mean, mm. come on, John. Also, big news that he was an elder of the Red River Baptist Church. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Not the Red River. I know, like, whoo. He was not a back row Baptist. Mm -mm. No, he was an elder. So he was important. He he is kind. He is whatever. <laughs> he is important. Okay. So what he also was, was busy with his wife because they had three more kids after moving to Tennessee. All right. So now you know the backstory. They're living up in Red River. He's doing his thing, being a she-she in the church. Well, then, in the summer of 1817, he was walking through the farm. He was looking at his, you know, crops, being like, ooh, that's the cream of the crop. Well, during this walk, when he was, you know, looking at his corn, being like, Oh, you husky. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought about that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, he sees something. He was like, uh, skirt, because it was a dog with a head of a rabbit. And he's like, pew, pew. He shot at it with a laser. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, I'm not good at Demo Flatchies. Sound effects? Yes. Pow, pow. <laughs> <laughs> so he shot at it a number of times, but rather than killing it, it just kind of vanished into thin air. So he was like, bye, George. That was weird. But I'm hungry, so I'm going to go eat with my family. So he doesn't think any more of it, and he's eating. But then they hear a tapping on the walls outside, and then it's like on each side outside, you know, like all over, getting louder and louder. So John is like, what the fuck, thinking it's probably that animal, went outside, couldn't see anything. Goes back in, happens again, you know, like it was just on and off, on and off. And then finally it was quiet. So everyone went to sleep. All right. So let me also say this again. This was 1817 and the Bells owned slaves, you know, because they were assholes. And one of the slaves, I never found his name, but he claimed to see a massive black hound on the land. And he even said that the dog followed him around, but never like did anything, never heard anything, but they just had never seen it. Mm -hmm. And it was following, which I mean, dogs do, but it was a little bit larger than the average, you know, dog. And then never saw it again. There was also a giant creepy bird, which me and Carrie do not really like birds. Mm -mm. But John's son, I'm going to call him Drew because his name is like Drury. But, you know, <laughs> me and him could never date. Um, be like, D, D, let me get that D. <laughs> but... Drew, he saw this creepy-ass bird, and it was, like, giant. And he's like, uh, that looks weird. So, it was just, like, animals that were a little odd. Mm -hmm. Something about them was not normal. And then there was a spectral form of a girl dressed in green. But she was seen by their daughter, Betsy, swinging from a branch on the tree. And she's like, uh... Who is that? Like, love her dress, hate her. <laughs> All right, sorry. I just wanted to talk about the different sightings since John had them, but it also, like, mm -hmm. took different forms. In the following weeks, the Bell children would complain that rats were gnawing at their bedpost. Uh -uh. They'd wake up screaming, mm -hmm. super frightened, but... There weren't rats. And then they started to complain about having their bed covers pulled off of mm -hmm. them. And their pillows tossed to the floor by basically an invisible entity. And then activity went even further because they began hearing faint whispering voices, which were weak. I mean, obviously faint kind of like you right now <laughs> and it sounded like an old feeble woman like this yes and she would be singing 
what sounded like hymns, but again, it was barely above like the whispering wind. Okay, Pogonis. <laughs> Soon it became more than just the kids. John would have his food pulled out of his mouth and then food would be spilled on the kitchen floor. But worst of all, their youngest daughter, Betsy, had brutal attacks from this invisible entity. It would pull her hair, slap her relentlessly, mm-hmm. and it would often leave handprints on her face and body and welts. Mm. And on one occasion, she was even stuck with pins. Mm-mm. Like, no thank you, giggling granny. Mm-mm. No, I do not like needles, Sam I am. Mm-mm. As all this craziness was going on, I have to say there was one person that this entity was super nice to. And it was Lucy, John Bell's wife. And she would give her fresh fruit. So I feel like it was just left out for her. Mm -hmm. And sing hymns to her. And the entity also showed John Bell Jr. a measure of respect. Mostly because he wouldn't put up with the antics. Like other people would be frightened of her. And, like, you know, act out against it. But he'd be like, leave me the fuck alone. Mm -hmm. You know? So I think it was just, like, nothing to feed off of. But it's interesting that it's not just a negative entity. Like, it's nice to Lucy, but it's it's not just, like, oh, she's a female. Because Betsy, she's terrible to. Mm Mm-hmm. For over a year, John was so afraid of his family being called crazy, he was like, this is secret to the grave. We, you know, like, see nothing, say nothing. But soon enough, he couldn't take it anymore. And so he was like, I got to tell someone, so I'm going to tell my bestie, James Johnston. Because it was... It was after Betsy woke up from another brutal attack and she had markings on her face again. And so it was like, what the fuck do I do? I have no idea. Let me, you know, who do I trust the most? Let me go tell my bestie. So James was like, all right, I hear you. Let me stay at your place and see what I see what I see. He had his bed covers removed while he stayed there. He was slapped repeatedly. And he sprang out of bed and said, In the name of the Lord, who are you and what do you want? And there was no response. But for the remainder of the night, all was calm. The next morning over breakfast, James was like, That is like a spirit in the Bible. Ungodly, pure evil. You have got to get this out of the house because it's going to tear your family apart. He said that they should tell the community so they can help to like pray it out, basically. So, of course, he's like, you know what? You're right. And so then the community would come. People would come and... 
also, they wanted to see what this was. Which, I mean, hello, yes. Soon after everyone started coming, I think the entity was able to feed off of this new energy. Mm-hmm. And so the apparition started to be able to really speak, to loudly speak, not to have that old little, well, you speak, Carrie. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> One night when people were over, someone asked, who are you and what do you want? Just like James had done before. Well, this time, the voice answered, I am a spirit. I was once very happy, but I have been disturbed. And then she went on to explain that the origin of her disturbance was a Native American burial ground was disturbed when they moved onto the property. I guess he had acquired land, you know, and then it was disturbed. And she even sent, like, over the time, she even sent Drew on searches for buried treasure and all this stuff. Like, she just would talk and talk and talk and talk and, like, you know, just be a trickster, kind of. You know, see what people would believe, honestly, you know. She ended up having full conversations with people who would come over. She repeated... Word for word, two sermons given 13 miles apart at the same time. Which, one, how do you know that? You know, but okay. They say that she was well acquainted with biblical text. She enjoyed talking about religions and spirituality. But she also loved to share gossip. Which, I'm like, okay, spill the tea. Like, yes. And I think this would totally be my me as a fucking ghost. Sometimes she would go to the different households and like, you know, be like, okay, let me see. Oh, mm-hmm, they are doing that. And come back and being like, okay, so this is what happened. You know? And I'm like, oh, this would so be me. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. John Johnston, who's the son of James Johnston, like, why are you going to name your kid John Johnston? He better have a big Johnston. <laughs> a long John. Well, he devised a test and he's like, all right, no one outside of his family would know what he's about to ask. And so he said, all right, what would my Dutch step grandmother in North Carolina say to one of the slaves if she thought they did something wrong. Which, can I take a minute? Like, why? Like, a fucking course if they, if she thought they did something wrong. Like, bitch, fuck you. Okay? Like, fuck you. But, on with the story. Well, the, the entity replied in his grandmother's accent, which, I mean, you heard my sound effects. I cannot do. She said, hut tut, what has happened now? And so he was like, well, fuck. She knew. Because, I mean, who says hut tut? I mean, besides, it sounds like a football player. (laughs) In another account, I found an Englishman had stopped and was like, I'm going to investigate this because this ain't right either, you know? And 
so he's like talking to the entity and then she starts speaking back in his accent and he's like what you know and so she sounds like his parents and so he's like okay too close to home all right later that night all is well like whatever that morning he wakes up and the entity talks again in that same accent and I feel like she kind of is taunting him about like call your parents kind of thing you know and so he quickly left and later wrote the Bell family that the entity had visited his family in England at like basically the same time and did the same thing to them where she mimicked his voice like he was in trouble. Damn. Yeah. So he was like, I'm sorry. I didn't believe. I believe now. And she like, yeah, bitch. Soon enough, the entity's milkshake brought everybody to the yard because word spread to Nashville. And that's when the then Major General Andrew Jackson heard about it. And it said that John Bell, Drew, and Jesse had fought under him in the Battle of New Orleans. And so in 1819, he decided to visit the Bell Farm to see what the commotion was about. And I'm like, all right, sure, you know. So as him and his men approached the property, the wagon they were in suddenly stopped and the horses couldn't pull it. After several minutes of cursing and trying to get the horses to pull the wagon, Jackson was quoted saying, By the eternal boys, that must be the Bell Witch. Just then, a disembodied female voice told Jackson that they could proceed and that she would see them again later in the evening. So, they went across the property up to the house. And so, they had, you know, dinner, long discussions, brandy, whatever. I don't know. I mean, I'm just like picturing the Titanic, you know, like when they had all that shit. Well, one of the men in Jackson's entourage, he was like, I'm a witch tamer. Which, like, okay. Sure. I mean, hey. Get your side hustle on. You do you. Well, nothing had happened. So, it was just uneventful. So, he pulled out his pistol and was like, this is a silver bullet. And it will kill any evil spirit. Which, I mean. Okay. Sure. And he said that the reason nothing had happened is because whatever was disturbing the bells, was scared of his silver bullet. Immediately, the man screamed and began jerking his body in different directions, complaining that he was being stuck with pins and beaten severely. And then it was as if a strong kick in the ass (laughs) sent him out the front door. Well, then the female voice spoke again and she said that there was yet another fraud in Jackson's party and that he would be identified and tormented the following evening. 
Well, so now the guys are like, fuck, let's leave. Because, hello, I mean, they want their side hustles kept secret. But Jackson's like, no, I need to know. Well, and so how, however uneventful this is, we don't know what happened. And if there was another fraud, because there's no report of it. So uh, it was probably Jackson. Oh, fuck. And it's hush hush. Ooh. Mm. She wearing her tinfoil hat. I mean, he's the next president. Yeah, that's true. All right. So, who was the Bell Witch? No one really knows. According to lore, it was a spirit, mostly invisible, obviously able to speak, affect physical environment, and shapeshift because of those weird creatures before. They said usually she would take the form of a rabbit, and I looked, and at the time, rabbits were the animals most identified with Europe switches, kind of how cats are today. They served as their familiars, like on Sabrina and their messengers, and were believed to be the form in which they most frequently transformed. So, I was like, I had no idea. But I guess that's where, like, lucky rabbits mm-hmm. and all, mm-hmm. like, rabbits and magic and stuff like that. I had no, no idea about it. Anyway, back to the spirit. It's said to be the former neighbor of John Bell named Kate Batts. And she believed John treated her unfairly on a land deal or a slave deal. I saw both. And because of what he did, she wanted to torture and ultimately kill him. Because she petty as fuck. Also, she was determined to prevent Betsy from marrying this guy that she met Josh Gardner. Betsy and Josh could not go to the river, to the field, to the cave on their property, like nowhere for secluded dates or anything because we'll call her Kate, the entity. She would attack Joshua persistently. She would make him feel like he was choking. He said that it felt like a sharp stick was in his mouth. Mm. And so, soon enough, on Easter Monday of 1821, Betsy met Joshua at the river and broke off their engagement. Because it wasn't going anywhere. And, like, I think Betsy was probably like, fuck, I'm tired of being fucking abused. You're being abused. Mm -hmm. Like, it ain't worth it. So, Kate was like, in her thing, tally for Kate and I got one one more to go, and that's John Bell. So, John had been experiencing episodes of twitching in his face and difficulty swallowing for almost a year. By the fall of that year, his health had declined to the point where he was confined to his house. And he... It said that Kate would remove his shoes when he tried to walk and would slap his face when he was experiencing seizures. And that you could hear her loud, shrill voice everywhere cursing. And she would call him Old Jack Bell. And so, like, when he would have seizures and shit, 
when she supposedly slapped him, she would be like, Old Jack Bell, ha, 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 ha. You know, like, like the old witch she is. Well, on December 20th, John died after being in a coma the day before. Mm. Immediately after his death, the family found a small vial of unidentified liquid in like a little brown vial. And which, this does not make sense. But John Bell Jr., he was like, hmm, I wonder what this is. I don't want to test it. Come here, little kitty kitty. Put it down. Cat dies. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, then, right when the cat dies, the entity was like, and (laughs) was like, I gave old Jack a big dose of that last night, which fixed him. I love how it sounds like a Disney witch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I can't help it. I'm jolly. It's a belly. Well, hearing this, John Jr. quickly threw the vial into the fireplace where it burst into a bright bluish flame and shot up the chimney. I mean, that was the first firework. No, I'm just kidding. John Bell's funeral was one of the largest ever held in Robinson County. And as friends and family began leaving the graveyard, Kate laughed loudly and began singing a song about a bottle of brandy. It said that her singing didn't stop until the very last person left the graveyard. Damn. Visual <laughs> <Bitchful> bitch. <laughs> like, okay. Damn. Well, later that day, apparently after she had that other tally, and it was like, honey-do list, oh, I completed it. She was like, all right, y'all. I'm outie, but I'll be back in seven years. And so in 1828, as promised, she came back. Most of the visit was centered around John Bell Jr. And she discussed like the origin of life, civilizations, Christianity, like all of, you know, like fucking TED Talks. (laughs) And it said that she had accurate predictions of the Civil War and some other events. But when she tried the same activities as before, as, you know, like, pulling bedsheets, slapping, all of that shit, they were like, "Mm mm-mm, no, no, not having it, not feeding into it. And so she left again after three weeks. But she was like, all right. I'm going to visit John Bell's most direct descendant in 107 years. She really likes that fucking seven. So that would have been 1935. And the closest living direct descendant was a Nashville physician, Dr. Charles Bailey Bell. And he actually wrote a book called The Bell Witch. But no follow-up was published, and he died in 1945. How crazy would that have been if he died in, like, 1935? Mm-hmm. And it would have been like, damn, what if she took him home? So, that's all we don't know? Yeah, we don't know if she actually came back or not. However, strange things continue to happen on the property and also have spread to the cave behind the farm. And... 
the Bell Witch, a.k.a. Kate, is supposedly still there. But some people claim there was never a witch at all, and it was just someone else trying to break up Betsy and Joshua. Because Betsy ended up marrying Richard Powell, who was her old school teacher, who Mm -hmm. took a liking to her earlier. Is this Stephen Powell's grandfather? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, right. He was 11 years older and had always said he wanted to marry her when she became older. Which, at least he said when she became older. Mm -hmm. Good Lord. But what's kind of creepy, well, other than all of that, (laughs) um, was it wasn't long after when they first met that all the activity started. And he was rumored to be an occultist. And around the same time that she broke off her engagement, his wife mysteriously died. Hmm. So, have what you will on that. I don't know. So, even though some people say that it was this dude, Richard Powell, which is crazy that his last name is Powell. I Hmm. mean, really, it's crazy. But some people said it could have been Richard working with Kate then. Hmm. You know, if he was into the occult and she's a witch, like... Could be that he was, like, letting her draw off power of him or something like that. But even if you don't believe that, the legend continues because people say they still see her. They say they can hear her laughing. Because that that witch loves to fucking laugh. Mm. They can hear her moaning. And they also hear the voice of an old woman whispering and beckoning from the darkness of the cave. Other people tell of being choked, pushed, slapped, and even having their hair pulled when they're in or around the cave, which definitely sounds like old Kate. And there are others who said that they have felt like they've been paralyzed in place or had like a weight put on them or felt like they were embraced in like a tight grip, which... Ugh, that's like your worst, worst case scenario. Nightmare, yeah. Thank you. Peanut gallery, shh, save your voice. <laughs> they also say it's not uncommon to see candle lights dance through the dark fields at night. And photography is kind of difficult to take there. They say some pictures show mist. Some show orbs of light. And some even show, like, human-like figures that were not present when you took the picture. So, I don't know. Of course, people say they see an old woman around. And also, they say animals apparently steer clear of it, the area. So, that's interesting. And one of the most notorious legends is if you go to the Bell Cave, which you can go into and stuff... If you take even the smallest stone from it, it can bring you hauntings, Mm-mm. great misfortune, and even death. Mm-mm. Which, I mean, if you go to the Bell Cave, you obviously know about the history and you like scary shit. Do you not know anything? You never take something from a haunted place. Mm-mm. 
Ever. Mm-mm. 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 That's just like you don't take a picture with Robert without his permission. Mm-hmm. Like before with Lucy, when she was really kind to her, there has been a instance where she was really kind to a young boy. There was a group of young boys, and they were exploring the cave. And they said that one of the boys had climbed in and crawled too far. Well, he only had a candle to light his way, and he had gotten stuck in one of the nooks and crannies. So, he started hollering for help because the flame goes out. So, he's in pure Mm -hmm. darkness. Then he hears a booming female voice that said, I'll get you out. And he felt his legs being pulled, and he was dragged backwards through the cave's entrance. And they never found who or what saved him, but everyone said it was the Bell Witch. Also, in 1977, Bonnie Hainline, I think is her name, she said that during her childhood in 1944, she was exploring the cave and she had left an English class playing hooky and borrowed a lantern from the cave owner at the time it was Mrs. Garrison. She said that she explored the cave with her friends for several years And while she was inside, her lantern blew out, even though there was no breeze in the cave. She relit the lantern, and it blew out again. So, she crawled along the water path of the cave until she reached the entrance where she saw an opened can of pork and beans and marshmallows. Which, (laughs) what? Uh, Later that evening, she learned Law enforcement discovered two escaped fugitives in the back of the cave. And so she said that the witch helped her avoid them because it kept blowing out the light. And so she was like, fuck, I need to get out because I can't see. And at least she knew the entrance. And I guess she was like, here, eat, get some meat on your bones. Like I said before, the cave still attracts people to this day. And there's even a replica of the original bell cabin on that land, which is furnished with some of their items originally owned by the bells. Mm. Jackie Lipe, she emailed us a long time ago, Mm -hmm. like long time ago, about the bell witch. She was born in Nashville and grew up in that area in Tennessee. And she said that instead of... Bloody Mary at sleepovers, it was the Bell Witch. No. Yeah, so they would go in and, like, again, go into the bathroom because, of course, you have to have a mirror and all that. But they would chant, I believe in the Bell Witch, three times. And she would appear in the mirror laughing because that witch loves to fucking laugh. And Jackie said that she used to tell kids that, If you lied, she would scratch your eyes out. (laughs) And then she said that she would cackle like the Wicked Witch of the West (laughs) and point at them with her fingers all bent and twisted, you know. Mm -hmm. But I can just see that. Like, oh, but isn't that so funny that it's not Bloody Mary. It's this lore that is, Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's just so crazy. Also... 
It's said to be the inspiration behind the 1999 movie, The Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm. And you know I love that movie. So on my 16th birthday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I love that movie. Tiffany's like, bleh. She hated it. And it was also the basis of a 2005 movie, An American Haunting, which was really good. All right. There's been a lot of skepticism because there's been some, you know, outlandish claims up in here. But one of the things that they said about Andrew Jackson was that people were able to kind of see where he was around this time. And in his books, in his records, he never said like, hey, go into the bell house. Like, he wasn't around that area at the time. So, he might have never went to the bell house. So, that whole thing might have not happened. Or. Oh. Put those pieces together for him. Okay. Oh, shit. Putting on my tinfoil hunt, too. Or, because about the whole fried thing. And he was like, oh, shit. Can't let this out of the bag. I was never there. Never mm-hmm. there. This never happened. Mm-hmm. Shit. You're welcome. Damn. For you to be a skeptic, you sure do put some good conspiracy theories up <laughs> in here. Your, like, theme song. Okay. If we ever do live shows, we need to walk out separately. So, yours would be, you dropped the bomb on me. Because you dropped those conspiracy bombs, girl. Mm-hmm. It's like, push, mind blown. I don't know why it was wet, but... Ew. <laughs> I'm going to skip over. There was a book, and they say, like, the guy said he used one of the Bell's descendants' journals. But then they're like, mm, I don't know. But let's just... It is what it is. It's a book. I mean, whatever. In 2015... There was an A&E documentary called Cursed. And there was a psychic named Sarah Delaney Pugh. And she's from Leakesville, Mississippi. What? Yes, girl. She's down the street. Right? Well, what she claimed is that she spoke to Betsy Bell. (laughs) (laughs) Heavens to Betsy Bell. And she said that she got the witch's real story. And that Betsy said the Bell family wasn't the one that was cursed. It was the land that was cursed. And which is why she's still there. Yeah. And that, like, when they disturbed the land, it awoke the Bell witch. And she also said that talking to Betsy. John, her dad, was murdered by a slave who killed him because he was angry that John didn't step up because another family member was abusing Betsy. And so the slave took justice into his own hands. That's what Betsy and Sarah were talking about over tea. Sweet tea, that is. But also, I read... Something along these lines that it could have been a poltergeist. Mm. And it was from Betsy. 
And it was because John was assaulting her. Hmm. And so that's why it attacked her and him. You know, so I don't know. But I'll leave you with this. It's a great legend story. And you can believe what you want. Like I mentioned before, there are accidents that have happened and strange occurrences for anyone who says that the Bell Witch is fake. So you do you, boo. This is just off the top of my head. Did not research this because (laughs) that's me. You know, his facial tics and stuff. Do you think that's why they call it Bell's Palsy? How's it spelled? B-E-L-L? Maybe. Whoa. I don't know. I need to research it. It just came to me. Carrie gave me the thumbs up. And I hope y'all enjoyed it. I'm sorry. I'm not super creepy. And I was more Ursula the Sea Witch. (laughs) So... We always do what we learned, and I don't know if Carrie can actually speak at this point, but I learned that you can never really trust a spirit because they can say whatever the fuck they want to say to you. Mm-hmm. And why is that spirit going to slap somebody? Uh-oh. Like, don't slap me. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> like, fucking pull my pillow or whatever, but don't slap me. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. My cheeks are sensitive. Don't be messing up my sleep. (laughs) And remember, creep it real and don't don't get scared. scared.